Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. It's probably uh, nothing. With David and Louise. <laughs> this is our second episode. And um, you might have noticed, well, you didn't have the chance to notice, that the first episode has never been released. This is a purely private project as it, <laughs> right now. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> Somebody, I'm not going to say names, but it might be my name, has not <laughs> edited and published the first episode. Uh, How did this happen? This falls very well with the topics that we discuss, which are all about overthinking, um, anxiety, you know, generally. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have a vision for this podcast, Louise, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin our image with, with a product that is not 110% perfect. Yes. And here's what I would say to the perfectionist overthinker in you. Um, mm. it's better it's better for there to be a project than no project at all right because i've talked to a few people who are really excited to listen to the, this podcast um like i mention it sometimes in passing and not like On to flex streets. not to flex like oh by the way i'm doing a podcast <laughs> no it just you know it just comes up um and people are like oh where can i listen to it and i go well <laughs> it's not out yet here's a uh, german phone number you can call yeah tell him, <laughs> this tell guy him to publish has the it. information he he's holding the files hostage yeah Oopsie. um so sometimes i think it's better to just do things and then they can always improve as you do more of them than than not do them what do you think David? as always your wisdom is appreciated here's the thing i feel like none of the things you just said are things that i didn't know already so that's the problem I always have with things. It's like, yes, I completely agree. It takes time to get better at something. So you just have to get started. And we just know that the 100th episode is going to be so much better than the first episode. And there's nothing we can do about it. The only way to arrive to the level we will is have at the 100th them. episode is to start with number one. Yeah. But rationally knowing things never really helped me with anything. Mm. Unfortunately, my... What what happens when I start working is, oh, no, I, I kind of get overwhelmed. So I look at this file that is one hour something long. And I think, oh, no, I have to listen to this. I have to edit out stuff. There were, I, I remember there were some things we didn't want to have in there. Then I have to be like, okay, is this really good introduction to the podcast? It has our faces and it's us. And I'm like, I don't also, I feel like not that Luis is going to see it and be like, oh, no, that's just a half-baked product. <laughs> I I think I, I think the thing that you're, you just said, yeah, I know how to think about this rationally. But mm. maybe something you're not thinking about is the way that other people are watching this. You right. know, in the same way that when you leave the house and you think, God, I look awful, but really nobody's paying attention to right. you. I think it's the same way where... I never if, have this if, thought if, because I am if, a generally quite a pretty well, person, but I understand. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of the way that you, you view yourself or you view a project, yeah. and then when other people view it, they're not seeing they're not seeing the potential that you're seeing. They're seeing the finished product. Right. And most people like the finished product. Only the creator, and that's this is the this is the difficult thing about being an artist, right? Or anyone who creates anything, is that you're right. always gonna look at something you've made and think it could have been better and I could do more of this. And I think that with like videos and, f and if I make a video, I'm always thinking, yeah. oh, I could have kept editing. But you can always keep editing. You can always make it more perfect. And at the end of the day, I'm right. you just have to just... Sometimes you have to release things that you feel like are kind of shitty yeah, Because it's there. so much worse if you don't 
published anything. It yes. would be such a waste of time if we just yes. record stuff and then never edit it. I'm going to start I have getting this angry. Other podcast project. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm also at some point it's just going to be outdated because I'm I don't even know what we talked about in the last week's episode. Well, I know, and now it's not outdated yet. But things have happened in the last yes, week. Yes, a lot of things really happened. Changed, like <laughs> things happen. So you know, so we we, really we want bad. the podcast to stay relevant. Right. So just publish it. It would be weird to be like talking about current politics and then uh, people are like, "What the hell is COVID?" And oh yes, I remember <laughs> that thing that happened years ago. Exactly. Yeah. No. And also, we will not achieve the things we want to achieve in general in life if we just only think about it but overthinking is really an issue i have in everything i do and it goes hand in hand with perfectionism i guess mm -hmm. um i have a recent example from my life which is that i quit my job which C congratulations thank you and it's something i really had to do in order to do other things that i really want to do um and i have had already this side hustle basically that i was doing and now basically what i'm doing is just putting more time in there and this works fine but before quitting my job i visited my therapist like four times like it took a long time i told i talked to my family and friends i told everyone about it and i was thinking about it so so much in my heart i knew that i couldn't continue with this job i, I knew this for so long like if i just listened to my heart I mean, at this point, I wouldn't even remember that job. I would like, I wouldn't have seen that office in months. But uh, I'm still working there. I quit very recently, and German law is forcing me to stay for a while. How long? How long <laughs> do you have left? Uh, just this month. But I'm not sure when this episode is going to be published, so I don't want to say any uh, dates and any concrete um, numbers. So you know, some people don't know when this was recorded. One more month. Yes. Oh, it's freezing outside. Oh, the snow is so nice. Isn't it? <laughs> Mm. anyway um no so my job is something that i really like and I, I learned so much there and stuff but i i i knew that at this point for my career it would be more it just made sense i mean to go at least your job is more relevant to your career than mine currently is <laughs> that is true however your job is to give other people jobs in a way so you know, so job. you could see this as like a humanitarian thing. <laughs> well, sort of. Paid so, charity work. It's, yeah, well, no, because I do have to, it is for my clients. So I do have clients. The right. clients are number one, not not the candidates. So you're uh, really, you're representing the big organizations. So I, I am, I am. Little people. very capitalist. So when, uh, you, when you made the choice to like not mainly focus on your creative endeavors, job-wise for now mm. i was a bit surprised mm, but also i guess it made sense to me like i was like okay i mean i i see why it's nice to have routines yes um and now that you have a job also it's nice to have an income obviously yes and also the film industry is just really mean <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily mean it's just um i wanted to do something i was sort i started picturing myself at 30 thinking right okay i want to be, i want to have the skills to do a job that i could do even if things with film don't work out not that things with film aren't going to work out obviously they will yeah. <laughs> but i think it's important to develop um skills in other ways where you know you're guaranteed to always have a job 
Um, so things like working in recruitment, working in sales, I mean, every single company out there has almost all of them of a certain size right. have a recruitment team and a sales team. Like there is, it's almost impossible not to get a job when you work in these, in these industries. And if you're good at them, and if you have a track record to show that you're good at them, mm. then you're not that you're guaranteed higher, but it becomes much, much easier. Like your job prospects become much easier, especially when you do what I did, which is you choose to specialize within um, arts. Uh, so for those who don't know, I did my undergraduates in English with film. And I did my master's in film studies, both, you know, in very good universities. But regardless, it is a humanities degree and mm. not to shit. I'm not shitting on a humanities degrees. I think humanities degrees are very versatile. I think they're very important. I think they're very good to have. But I think when you enter the job market with a humanities degree, you are at a severe disadvantage to other people who and you know, you kind of know this as a humanities mm. student, but you know that it's going to be a tough one out there because you just haven't really learned a job while you were at uni. Uh, so now that's what I'm doing. I'm learning a job <laughs> so, that, so that I have, in a way, guaranteed income. Because but it's a plan B, isn't it? Yeah, because unfortunately, like, working in film, unless, you know, I decided to, to do something specialized, like become an editor. But the thing yeah. that... that um, really led me to 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 get away from that was that i thought yeah well if i do if i become if i do something in the film industry to make money to sort of have an income so that i can you know realize my dreams of being a director then i am worried that a lot of my love for film and a lot of my creative energy is going to go into these into like other people's projects like working as an editor say and then I'm going to completely lose that passion for filming. Whereas now, because I'm not doing something that's creative, I still have that impulse. To, I still want to create because I, I, I'm still, yeah, a lot of my energy is used in other ways, but I'm still, I still have, I'm still not reserving creative my creative energy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But do you so, find the time to work on creative stuff? I mean, you do have time for uh, this podcast, well, which is awesome. I'm doing this podcast and, you know, there's, there's always things like, um, there's, potential to make a few music videos down the road mm. um so nothing crazy and i'm finalizing the film i directed uh back in march we're now cool. almost finished it's about to be colored and sound designed and then it should be ready to essentially by you you know or by an editor no no we're getting no no it's by 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 professionals um i wish we had professionals to edit this podcast so yeah well you know, if it makes enough money, um, tune in, guys. And, uh, Find sponsors. But no, to, to and don't worry. When when my film comes out, I will be um, shouting about it from the rooftops. That's awesome. So you're well. Sick I'm of glad it. to hear that you still have creative projects going, and I, I guess that makes sense because. Um, so we do, work. Do you have creative projects going? When, so since you, yeah, so, because, because you're you were working until recently and. In a in, so I work in TV production. Fields. Yeah. Right. And so my heart beats for show business, basically. I mean, that's it's it's. I don't see myself working, you know, for the big cinema movies stuff. But I love TV shows and all creating shows, even reality shows for 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 the big streamers and comedy, especially formats. And I am doing this in my day job currently. 
Um, and I learned that so much. The reason I had to quit was because I, I noticed that I felt trapped in there. It's like um, this nine to five job, it didn't work for me at all. Mm. Well, it's not nine to five. First of all, I don't know who says nine to five because that would mean eight hours. But there is a lunch break time also. So it's really nine to six. And then there's also getting my, to my work job, and getting my job back is, home. My job is nine to six. And yeah, it, it takes like an hour there and back basically. So it's more like... Yes, that's what the job is my, actually My like. job I is know, eight to seven. <laughs> like Dolly Parton, I don't know if it was working nine to five. Where does this come from? I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. She clearly had no idea what the workforce is like. Was it Dolly Parton? <laughs> Um, but, uh, so basically on the side, I'm working on these other creative projects. I'm pitching TV shows to, uh, streamers and production companies, and I'm doing comedy shows. I'm writing comedy. We're doing this podcast as one of those projects that I want to do. And I'm like, and I'm producing this podcast in a sense, right? Cause that's what I want to do. I'm so, mm. so I'm saying, okay, this is how we are going to record it. And I'm going to be the one editing it. If I were to edit it, um, <laughs> and i needed to quit the job to free creative energy and i completely see that's mm. because sometimes i'm like i understand that working in a supermarket would be really tough and as a cashier it would be really annoying but sometimes i would crave this because i would be like well but then i could i wouldn't have to put my creative mind mm. into other projects and develop tv shows while on the side developing tv shows but and that was very annoying much. yeah but it's it's a tough game to play it's very risky mm. dice to roll because you could end up working in a job where you're not using your creative brain right but it's so energy draining anyways and most jobs are that it's actually very hard to do anything creative on the outside there's another because... risk actually mm. it's that my in my opinion what if they pay you so well that 10 years later you still work there you don't really work in the field that you're passionate about and you find yourself trapped because you now you mm. built a family and you have this income and you can't really risk it to to now just leave a the lot job of people and, a lot of people yeah. get trapped get trapped in that and and then to that i would say well you better find something you like doing <laughs> <laughs> i saw Sometimes that's uh, so work is something i have a lot of anxiety around because sometimes i lie in bed not necessarily in bed maybe metaphorically i lie in bed and think to myself Maybe I just don't like working. You know what I mean? Like mm. maybe there is this find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Maybe I, this is just not true. I think about this a lot. And um, with quitting my job, there's a lot of, because I was like, I feel like at another place, I would be happier when it's different. But then there's always this this fear in my mind that's like, well, is it better when I quit or do I just walk away from the job that is exactly what I want to do? Uh, which is develop TV shows, and <laughs> I'm doing this, so I don't know. Yeah, but it's is not that a sense. Okay, idea? I think there's two things to it as well. I think there's mm. the job that you're doing, and I think there's the yeah. people you're working with. Right. Um, and not to throw any particular shade on anybody because I don't know the people you work with, but it's clear yeah. that when I talk with friends, um, they could be doing a really exciting job, mm. but if the people they work with are not good people in a multitude of ways then it's just going to really suck. <laughs> so there's yeah. also that to think about. There's so, a, for you me, know, I you, think it's the freedom that I missed. The, like the freedom to be like, well, I want to work on Sunday night, but not on Monday morning, you know, because that's where you, I'm more creative. Do you, the issue is um, when I, when I was trying to freelance after I, you know, left yeah. uni, um, I didn't have the discipline to, I haven't learned, 
that discipline to like work to do that work so i would work very sporadically instead of yeah. like consistently because even when you're freelancing you need to be very consistent you need to have a consistent schedule that's what i've that's what a lot of freelancers have told me i'm not gonna yeah. lie this is something i think about a lot and i know that i'm I in my heart I know that this is a problem I do have in life because I do things so basically what I do right now is I promise to to colleagues like people I work with on because I'm already doing the freelancing stuff on the side right um and I'm telling them yeah you I'm gonna send this to you by Monday and mm. I say this because I know that you should not set expectations that are too mm. high because that can always come back to you so that's it's actually not a good idea to do this but in my case it's like I need a deadline if I don't have a deadline I'm not going to do it with this podcast there's no yes. deadline at all yes. that's why I'm not doing it there's stuff I started I'm, I'm the after same. this podcast I'm the same <laughs> that's already done I need I need a deadline I needed to get it done I need a deadline yeah. and that's why that's why I kind of enjoy this well in a way there isn't a deadline sometimes there are deadlines in the day where it's like okay, send me this by the end of the day or do this, you know, and I have to do things a certain amount of time. But actually a lot of being, a lot of recruitment is kind of on your own pace. Mm -hmm. And if you're slow uh, and then you lose a candidate or you lose a job right. because you were slow, that's on you. Y mm -hmm. You have to take responsibility. And it's, it's kind of interesting because n no one is really like behind me telling me to do things. And yet I still manage to find that motivation to just get things done. Because I tell you, like, like on Friday, I got so much work done because mm. Thursday nights before going to bed, I saw um, on my LinkedIn, <laughs> I saw one of our competitors advertising for one a job I'm recruiting for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw that, it's crazy. Like, I've never felt that way. It really, like, motivated me. I was like, they are not, I'm filling that job. Like, they're not going to be the ones to fill. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make the commission on that. I'm going to fill this job. That's what is I it, was about to ask. Like, is it because it's commission-based? Or is no, it because it's, you it's, just... No, it's, it's, it's commission-based. Yeah, it's partly. But actually, it's not even commission-based. It's just that I would feel horrible if mm. I've had a while to fill this job. And it's just been a struggle because I started recently. So I'm still learning. And it's it's just been a bit more of a difficult job to fill. Right. And I've been focusing on other jobs. Um, but to see a competitor also hiring for it suddenly i'm like oh this isn't secure i need to like actually put i really need to right you know make sure i fill this uh because otherwise i'm gonna be really disappointed if i come into work and then they tell me oh you know that job's been filled i mean i'll move on but yeah it's, it's just that competitiveness i understand yeah, you have this kind of motivation that when you're freelancing, sometimes you don't. No, because when you're freelancing, yeah. you're not really... I mean, I guess you are... You know, what kind of competition is there? You're competing against so many other people as a freelancer anyways, but it's more vague. It's not like with here. It's yeah. like, no, we have a direct competitor. Like, I, we know, I know who they are or I have a general idea of who they are. Mm. And we're working on the same role. It's not like if I'm a director... And I get told, oh, by the way, uh, if you don't do, I mean, sure, if I don't do a good enough job, I'm going to get replaced, right? That's obvious, but it's different. It, you still feel mm. more secure. Does that make sense? It makes no. sense because I, <laughs> I understand that having a, a job like this, like being employed, comes with an external set of motivations that 
in freelancing is replaced with internal motivation that you still that you have to find obviously there are external factors like you have to afford like you need to make money yeah that well, can that's, be that's the external factor thing. for any job yeah. right uh. but in that job now it's it's you have colleagues you have a boss um then in your case it's this competition thing which is i feel like it's a bit specific for your job in, in my job i would say what motivates me is the fact that if i don't like there's somebody watching everything i do like they will notice if i don't finish it that and i no. feel very bad about disappointing people no that that stresses me out because i i can't i can't work like that because and that's why i don't work well under like a micromanager mm. um because i need to have my own freedom like i can motivate myself but not if if somebody's like constantly watching everything i'm going to do i'm going to burn out because i'm very i'm a very high achiever I like to do things to a very high standard mm. if I can. And that's too much pressure, you know, because then I'm going to be trying to output everything at 100% all the time and I'm going to burn out. I think this is what happens to me at my job right now because I feel like, oh no, I have to be there at 9 a.m. Like if they see me come in late, what will they think about me? Like I, I have to show up and I have to do this work or I have to do this and I have to do that. And at first it was really bad and then at some point I noticed, oh, oh nobody cares, I think. It's just me <laughs> who cares about this. Um, maybe I'll just not. <laughs> and it's going to be fine. And I'm doing less and less of this. Like I put less pressure on myself. Mm. Um, and now I feel a little bit better. But then it's also this, I don't know. It it feels like with the day job, you really have to be careful about not putting 100% of your time in because I feel like, oh no, in eight hours of work, I should get so much more done than what I get done. I shouldn't just work 70%. I should be working 100% and they will mm -hmm. notice if I don't work 100%. Mm -hmm. But then also what I started noticing is that I feel like that's not even the expectation. The expectation is to work 70% in those eight hours. <laughs> and it's just, it's just stuff yeah. that's, it's really just, us in your brain, in that, your brain, that make us that put yeah. so much pressure on us. I don't even have a like in my case. It's not like I have a boss that would put that much pressure on me. It's really not the case. It's me who constantly feels like he's doing something bad. And I, it's not just in my job. I do have this all the time. Like I'm talking to you right now, and I'm thinking, do my neighbors are my neighbors hearing me? Am I annoying them? It's Sunday yeah, night. But you have a special relationship with your neighbors, <laughs> right? Right. And I, but here. <laughs> But, but uh, it's, we it's, can elaborate on another time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And also because it's we're in Germany, there's I feel like it's much more likely that you're actually annoying your neighbors in this country than in other places. Isn't it? Isn't oh, it like what time is it? Isn't it like seven thirty? Yes. You are? Yeah, but it's seven twenty. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, seven thirty. But it's Sunday, and on Sunday you just don't make any noise. I cannot vacuum on the Sunday. I can't do anything. Oh on yes, Sunday. that's like, fine. You're quiet on the Sunday. So podcasting is something I have to really. So just talking <laughs> with a friend is. A... <laughs> I feel like it's not That's forbidden. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. It's not you're forbidden. Just, it's not forbidden. Talking. But um, yeah, working on a Sunday, Sunday it just feels wrong. I feel feel like somebody's gonna knock on my door and be like, "Could you please be a little, little, little bit more quiet?" While at the same time, and this is where I notice that I'm introverted in that sense. My neighbor is blasting techno music the entire day already. It's a Sunday. I would never in my life go there and complain about this. And mm -hmm. it has annoyed me. But um, I would not say anything because I'd rather just avoid conflict. Mm. And at the same time, I always feel like everyone is going to complain to me in any second the moment I do something wrong. And it's just in, it's just 
it's happening just in, your, in my mind. In your head. And it's probably nothing as probably. always. But I feel I have so much anxiety around what other people are causing other people trouble. Mm. And there's so many weird examples. It's like I, I, if I sit on a on a train, and German trains are designed weirdly because, for some reason, the big windows have shade, like shades, like you can put the things mm. down if the sun is yes, coming yes, in. But yes. you do it for several seats at the same time. So, like if yes. one person decides to pull them down, they will do it for other people as well. Yes. I will not touch this thing because I know that other people are going to maybe not like it. Like if it's their choice, they can put it down. But I'd rather just suffer than. Yeah, but what if they put but, but if they put it down and you don't want it down, how do you feel? Well, I might think to myself, I don't want it down, but I would never ever in my life say anything. I, I just cannot say things. I cannot do it. I cannot complain it's, about things. It's just ex it's just very extreme people pleasing. Right? It might that, be that's there. no no, that's what no that it from everything you've described, mm. it's just putting everybody including strangers who you are never going to see yeah. again in your life above your own sort of I know, hate what the idea want. of annoying someone I hate it mm. like the fact that someone would think of me negatively because I did something and at work I always feel like that's why I love the working from home I love it because mm. that way I don't have this pressure around my colleagues but I have to go to to to, to my office now and this changed my life completely like I will bring food in and microwaving it, it will start smelling or something. And mm. I feel so bad about just eating my food because maybe someone is going to be annoyed by the fact that my food has some kind of smell because it's food. And it might, it, I think it's good food, but they might be annoyed by it. I, then I open the window. I really try to get as far away from everyone as possible to really not do anything that anyone could possibly be annoyed by. And I hate this about myself to be honest and it's it's something i always put myself down it's like i feel like i value myself the least mm. while at the same time thinking very highly of myself I, i always think i can achieve so much and blah 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 but then i'm around people and i think i'm the least important and like who am i to it's be here yeah and i'm it, annoying it, and i'm everything it's so weird. i mean i mean i feel like that goes hand in hand though like being a high achiever and really thinking mm. you can do really well And also so needing for other people to like right. you. I think those two really go hand in hand. Do you, do you... Um, I need approval very badly. Do you have any sort of ideas as to like where that started? Um, so yeah, my therapist and I are discussing this mm -hmm. because now recently, so I, I haven't had a therapist for that long and I'm seeing her once a month or something. So I'm not going that regularly because I'm not really much in need of her, but I also like to explore this side. But when it now came to quitting my job, I, the main reason I didn't do it is because I felt like I would like the, 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 what it would cost to the people working there when i say i quit it would mm. be an annoyance obviously because yeah, they would yeah. have to replace me like they I, i knew oh no but they they think i'm there in october and november and december they already are planning they think that yeah. the, the planning with me and they have this amount of work that yeah, they think yeah, they yeah. can do because i'm there and i didn't dare to quit because i couldn't face annoying someone honestly it's just that i couldn't mm. face the fact that i would have to do something that will be perceived in a negative way that there's no way around it And, and I had to do it. And I'm telling you, I got sick the day before I quit. I, I got, I, I 
actually got sick. Like I had to call in sick. Like, I couldn't. I I feel like I'm, I'm, there might have been some virus inside of me, but mm. I'm so sure that it. It's very just psycho. Broke out it's very psychosomatic. Because, because no, I I felt like my immune system was really weak because for days I had been so stressed out. Stressed, yeah. Not because of stress from work. Like I was stressed out about having to break the news mm. that I'm not willing to do this work. And I, I, I couldn't, f yeah, I hate being an annoyance. It's so weird. And I also, sometimes when I don't have much to do at work, like this also happens, I struggle with now asking someone if I can do something because I, I'm always afraid they would react annoyed that they now have to take care of me in that sense. And I always think of myself yeah. as the least important person. Like I don't, I do not believe in any of my qualities sometimes. And I know I have some quality. I know I can, like, because I'm really good at selling myself a job interview and I can do the job, obviously, and people praise me and I get the approval, actually. But I, it's very difficult. It doesn't stick. I, I, I'm, I have so many self-doubts about this that even quitting was difficult for me. Like, everything is so difficult sometimes. And I feel like life would be, we would have so much more energy for stuff if I didn't spend half my days well, just thinking sure, about because, what because other people... Yeah, like. because you are thinking about everyone yeah. you are encountering. You yeah. are thinking, what is this person thinking? This is this is like, well, it from my to my knowledge, mm. this is a very like intense, extreme form of anxiety. Right. Where when you're worried about what everyone's thinking about you, that's, uh, yeah. It's, sorry, I'm repeating myself, but essentially an extreme yeah. form of anxiety because. You have no control over how people perceive you. And to yeah. be honest, you could be doing the least annoying thing in your mind possible and still being annoying somebody else. There's absolutely zero way to, which is horrifying, right? But there's zero yeah. way to control how someone else perceives you. And I feel like for me, that was one of the, because I, I, I do relate to what you mean. like, And I still have that sometimes when I'm thinking, mm -hmm about what my what things that i and i think less so with strangers it used to be very much with strangers like now i think if i'm on a train and i need, and I need to shut those blinds you know i'm gonna i'm gonna put them down and i just i just am and if someone yeah. wants to put them back up they can put them back up but i know to be honest i'm operating in a society where other people are 90 percent of people who are, are agreeable and are just going to let it down, even if they want it up, they're going to be like you. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to be the asshole. <laughs> like, I want this down. <laughs> because once you realize that most people are thinking like you, and they're very agreeable, and they don't want to get into fights, and they don't want to get into arguments, as long as you're not, as long right. as I'm not doing anything like disrespectful, you know, like there's truly like some behavior in public that is, that is not acceptable. Yeah. I'd say like, the things you're describing, like making food in the office, as long as you're not cooking like really smelly, like right. there there are those rules of like don't make fish in the office, don't mm -hmm. make don't make popcorn in the office because those smell really strongly. But you know, I'll microwave food. I, other people in the office microwave food, and it's a very small office. And it's always fine. Um, all that to say that I feel like I still s sort of feel that way with people I'm very close to and how they perceive me. And I mm -hmm. do know what you mean about like, I will be all the time, I will be spending time with a friend. I'll be hanging out with them. Not all yeah. the time, say like 80% of the time. And if we're hanging out, especially if we're hanging out a lot, uh, 
I will always be thinking, and they're maybe they're a bit quiet. You know, I have some friends who aren't necessarily like you're not gonna be talking all the time. Right. I'm always gonna be like, are they annoyed by me? Are they annoyed by me right now? <laughs> do they hate me? <laughs> but that's you know, so. Do, are, we are all they have really annoyed? Problem, but, but 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 they don't want to tell me. And I and it's it's intense. It's so bad. And then the the best is um actually I will tell them. I will gather the courage. It, mm. It takes so much courage, but I, I will go to them. Look, I have to talk to you about something and I go, what? And I'm like, sometimes, you know, we're hanging out and I just really worried that you're just really annoyed by me. <laughs> and you know what? I have never had somebody, I have never had a friend go, no, you're right. Like I actually find it. No, every single friend I have who I'm friends with for a reason and they're friends with me for a reason, right? Will go, no, of course I'm not annoyed by you. Sometimes I just happen to be quiet or, you know, sometimes we're just, you know, we're just chilling. There's no need to talk. It doesn't mean that they find me annoying. Um, yeah. So it's I know it's purely like self, like it mm. is in my head. Um, it is overthinking. Um, and I feel like I have it, let's say I have it like not for strangers, but for like people I'm close to and okay. you have it for everybody, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, I feel like sometimes I think about where this comes from and I think the dark truth is in my case, that I am sometimes annoyed by people and I am sometimes annoyed by yeah. my friends and I know and the thoughts that I'm having yeah. about other people. And so but the idea that other people are the same way, like for some reason, I have negative thoughts about other people sometimes. I know it's completely normal and I yeah. cannot turn it off because sometimes I am annoyed. That's just how it is. And I know that exactly. I'm definitely going to annoy other people as well. Yeah. But it doesn't mean anything, do? right? I, I sometimes I have friends and I do find them in, but not even for like for a very short, like for a few minutes, maybe. Or maybe I'll be annoyed at them for like 30 minutes, you know? But I'm never mm -hmm. annoyed at them for like Forever. a long and it's just small things. But that's just people. Yeah. That's because people are everybody's gonna do things that are just annoying. But that doesn't mean that I think I think for when we think about it, it takes dramatic proportions of like mm -hmm. This person hates me, <laughs> you know. And I like it, it's 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 not just like oh this. I don't know. You, you tell me. You were saying like you're afraid of people finding you annoying. I but is it is it annoying or is it out or is of it, place for some reason? That's is it deeper than that? I always feel like I don't belong where I am, and that in a way that in the space where I am existing right now, I'm really just an annoyance or. I feel like I'm disturbing the flow in the space and it can be in the office and it can be, I have severe phone anxiety, for example, like picking up the phone and calling someone really takes up a lot of courage. The only reason why I am now capable of doing it is because I'm 25 years old now and I had to make a lot of phone calls. <laughs> that's the reason why over time you just, so that's the thing. I do not have an anxiety. In the, it's not to a point where I'm not at all capable of doing the things. I just noticed that I need 10 minutes to prepare for a phone call. It's ridiculous. I just need mm. to pick up the phone, put the number in, and call and by, hi, I'm David, blah, 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 blah. And then when the phone call has started or when you call me, mm. I'm good. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. do that. And when, it's, when it comes to calling my family or friends, I'm, I'm fine. But when, it come, when I'm at work and I have to call, I don't know, we need, I don't know, we need a certain set for a shoot and so i just have to randomly call this in this place and ask i feel 
so bad. Like I could, mm. I cannot eat. I cannot focus on anything else. Like I, my, my stomach is just, yeah. <laughs> I'm so afraid of annoying someone. That's what it comes down to for me, I think. I'm so annoyed. I'm, the thought of so, it's ringing and not being the best time for me to call, like disturbing someone in their flow, I'd rather go personally <laughs> and talk to them. I obviously in I you would never actually do that, but I, I feel like I'd rather do that than pick up the phone and call. Although, which is which is interesting because a, a fo- the idea of a phone call is that it's less disturbing <laughs> than having someone come all the way talking to you and then yeah. you have to make conversation for ten minutes because thank god you're not doing my job because it's funny because as you're saying this i'm like my job consists of talking to people on the phone like all Cold the time calling talk- people all the time well it's horrible um not i only do cold calling if i'm calling um if i'm doing like business development so i have to mm-hmm. if i'm trying to get like a job to fill but whenever i call a candidate or someone i'm headhunting we've we've agreed to call so I know I'm not cold calling them. Like we've agreed that I'm going to call them. So it's fine. So well, when I agree to call, I'm also less anxious about it. Like when we have a casting mm. and we're casting people and I need to now tell them, yes, you've been cast. Oh, I tell them, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. I don't care what the message is. I don't mind calling them if mm. I know that because, in th- but that's a very specific casting is an interesting situation because that's when I know that I have the upper hand, like I'm the... S- senior person in that situation like i'm the authority and for some reason that Mm. gives me a certain confidence that i cannot be the annoying one like they have to be waiting for my call anyway like if i'm applying to some and like if the employer if if a firm calls me to tell me that they hired me they cannot annoy me with the phone call because i've been waiting for this phone call all this time but me calling that firm to ask how like when will you make your decision because i'm waiting here i'm very anxious i would I cannot do that. Like I could maybe email, <laughs> but that email will be written in a very long time span where I have put every yeah. word on the scale. I know. Okay, I, I know. I I know what you mean. I do know what you mean, and I think and I think there is like a, a not like a rule for it, but yeah. I I I do know like when I didn't have a lot of experience mm. calling people, or sometimes I have to message candidates who I'm headhunting who say who who will reply to me. And then stop replying to me. Okay. And then I have to start messaging them once, twice, three times. And then generally after three times I stop. Because it's like, okay, I get you don't want you don't want to talk to me. Okay. That's fine. But um I remember I I don't I don't feel as annoying doing it now. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's kind of like if it was really an inconvenience, they would tell me. They would tell me, please stop messaging right. me. And I'd be like, okay, I'll stop messaging you. And I'm not gonna keep bug like because a lot of people yeah. do that. A lot of people, especially in, in recruitment, they like will bug people and they will keep calling until they... And for me, I do it... And I'll do it maybe like every month. I'll call again. Because maybe when I called and when we tried, it just wasn't a good time. Right. But if I call back in a month and maybe they're less busy, maybe they're on holiday, maybe they have a moment, then it's a good time. Sometimes it's just a bad time and it's not. It's nothing to do with you. Right. And there's no way you could know when to... Like, you, you, there's no way... You don't know this, this, these people's schedule. How how would you know if you're inconveniencing them? <laughs> and that's why at the beginning of a phone call, you ask, is this a good time to talk? That's like golden yeah. rule. You say, is this a good time for you? Because straight away then, 
the person you're giving the person choice to be like no it's not this is becoming a sales uh, training here <laughs> here's <laughs> the thing sales this is what you learn in sales. everything you say it makes a lot of sense and again we have i can say this again and again my rational brain is why do my airpods always fall out it's horrible I've, i changed the the tip of the airpod and now it's worse than before <laughs> that's probably why your, your 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 ears were adjusted to my no, ears were widened I, but yeah I, I okay and i hear you on because because right now we're talking on like a very logical yeah logical sphere and i and i did when i asked you earlier like why do you think mm -hmm. that is like why do you like that's exactly the kind of the only way to tackle this isn't by ha having rational answers like oh right. you know you, you're not annoying the other person it's the only way to fix this is to examine within yourself okay where is this stemming from like what experiences most likely during my childhood sort of right. gave me this anxiety and how do i deal with it you know how do i like re now that i'm an adult and i have that rational mm -hmm. mind how do i process what i could not process as a child right. because i was a child so um i mean i don't want to get into this too much of <laughs> It's not, but um, yeah, I, I do know that I've always felt like this, like my entire life, I've had this issue and I, I do find it in my childhood as well. Interestingly, what I think helps me the most with tackling this, because I got much better, like obviously we are functioning in this world and yeah. despite having this anxiety, I feel like I've overcome it in the sense that I still do everything, right? Like I can, yeah. I do the things and what really helps me is to just do it. <laughs> that's yeah the, just do it one, just do it i have no choice because my yeah. rational brain can't help me with my anxiety in that sense i i mm. will feel anxious mm -hmm. and i will not have, have any have appetite before i do it but my rational brain can help me understand that there is no way around calling my freaking barber because i want a haircut like this it's so I know that when I call, they might be busy with another client and then they have to stop and walk to the counter and pick up the phone. And they might be a little... But why would they be annoyed? I'm a customer. I You're don't a customer. Know. <laughs> You're giving them business. <laughs> and now I'm literally... I'm going to a hairdresser a little further away because they have online reservations. That's how bad my situation is sometimes. <laughs> But with doctors, I do call them because I like calling yeah. on the phone because well, especially for a restaurant, because sometimes when I do like a sometimes I want a specific table. I'm like, I want the table upstairs or if yes. I know the restaurant, if I don't know, yes. it doesn't matter. I'll just do an online booking. But if I know the restaurant, especially if I know the restaurant, especially if I've been there before, I'm a regular. I like to have that, you know, that conversation. It's but so much better. It just makes so much sense. I wish I had this confidence. It's easier. But it's, it, it makes things, it makes your life easier also. Okay, most forms these days are easy to fill out. But if I have a form where I have to give like, okay, your email, your name, your yeah. address, da, 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 your credit card, it's like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> it's so much easier to just call and be like, hello, I want a table for two. My name is Louise, <laughs> 8 p.m. Great, okay. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> so here's the thing. I do, I've had a very short phase when I had to make a lot of calls for some reason, where I suddenly preferred calling 
because it's so much quicker mm-hmm. it's than quicker. emailing. Like it takes emailing. Oh, takes emailing. Days. Oh no, emailing is emailing e- is like the equivalent of writing letters. Like yes. <laughs> <laughs> emailing takes days. There are no the message arrives immediately, but unfortunately, it still takes ages. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, calling is so much easier. And when I organized my semester abroad in the United States, I really got used to just calling people, the offices, yeah. because I was like, no, this there's no way we could solve this in time if I don't just Especially call bureaucratic things. Yeah. Especially bureaucratic things. And calling does work. And so, mm. my advice, and this is how I tackle this issue. I still have it, though, because I cannot, I cannot really distance myself from this overthinking thing like i will i feel like i almost accepted the fact that i will have this anxiety mm. but what works for me is to understand that this is anxiety mm. and that my worries are and that's the cool thing about getting life experience i know oh last time i had this worry and then i did it and it was just fine and i'm eloquent on the phone and it's not like i kind of talk and reminding yourself yeah okay i've done this before yes i've done this <laughs> and it before went, and it went and fine the best option i have is to just pick up the phone mm. and call in and i'm so worried about everything like tomorrow i will go to work and i will have to talk to the editor of some trailer trailer clip and and i'm a bit worried about it because i'm like am i really con do i really have what it takes to give feedback to a professional editor like who am i to tell them what to dip what to do differently that's their job yes and i'm like but i probably am the right person to do it because i know exactly what we want and we are the customer basically like they are doing it for us and i've seen it and and they kind of need the feedback yes they need it and the product is and i'm really and i feel like i'm good at giving feedback because of my anxiety and this is where i take take some power out of there i'm like because of my anxiety i'm very good at giving feedback in a kind way like knowing mm. that i will really stress the positives because i don't i cannot just be like yeah this i'm ter- i'm terrible i'm i have to admit <laughs> i'm really bad at that because i, I, I i'm kind of impatient as well i'm a very impatient okay. person so uh, it's not like i'm an asshole and i'll just go like okay sometimes i have to give feedback on a cv yeah. like i have to send a cv but it's just really bad um and i have to explain like you know maybe if you take this out and you know you should add this and and i try and do it in a very gentle way but i wish i could just be like look because you know what also i've noticed something else working in recruitment people prefer when you're just honest with them because in recruitment they tell you oh they they don't like rejecting people is like so, so so weird like oh you have to tell them like this and this and this like no actually i think i've noticed that some people prefer when you're just honest with them because it just it's just it's just better and i don't know if it hurts almost less we 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 go we do all these roundabout things to to make it hurt less i don't know and i at the end of the day actually like when when i got rejected uh for this job i really wanted Mm -hmm. and they came back to me and they were like it was a it just wasn't a cultural fit i was like what does that mean (laughs) i was so angry because i wanted like actual reason like tell me what i did wrong and not even what i did wrong like just tell me like what i could improve on or what was it was there anything specific sometimes there isn't anything specific that's fine but tell me if there's anything specific i would much prefer that advice than just being told oh um like some bullshit like you were up against someone else or and then i emailed you because i was really annoyed i ended up emailing the director of the company because i had because i had interviewed with him and i was like 
you know, I'm really sad to hear that I didn't make it through to the final yeah. stage. Could you give me some, like, uh, more information so I can improve next time? Yeah. And he told me, he was like, and I actually got a reason as to why I didn't get the job. Okay. And the reason was... You suck. <laughs> no, the reason was, <laughs> I think you would make an excellent recruiter, but I'm just worried that you wouldn't enjoy the day-to-day -day of it because... Um, like it's just not like that i'm too creative and then he was like i really hope to see your film one day at at a like at sundance i was like that's really sweet <laughs> you know what <laughs> that's very very well put um so and fair enough like he just that's didn't nice. see he just didn't see me yeah. sticking sticking through of it yeah because as an employer obviously you want you you don't want to hire people who you yeah. are already afraid of them leaving because you know yeah. that you're just a stage it's, for them it's already like it's already hard because recruitment because recruitment has a really high turnaround as well okay but so i'm glad that he told me straight up what it was though because okay it's not something i can necessarily improve on because it's just due of my passions um but it was nice it felt more human yes also with that yeah. information you got the other recruitment job because you didn't make them feel like you have creative endeavors. <laughs> yeah yeah i have zero creative ambitions <laughs> what is creativity oh me. no i i'm a robot basically <laughs> <laughs> and not one of those ais that can paint nice stuff no i'm yeah well the trick that does numbers the the well the the it was, it's not a trick it's just the truth is that like to explain like look in order to fund my creative passions i need to mm. make money i'm very motivated to make money And this is the perfect job to make money. So, <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Did you tell them that, or is this just yes. the truth? Okay, that's no, cool. no. I told them that. I told them that. It's very honest. Well, well, because they needed. Trust me, they were. They were like, "Why do you want to work in recruitment? You have like, like, what is, you know?" And a lot of people who go into recruitment and sales don't necessarily have like. Yeah. No one goes to university to learn how to do sales. <laughs> you know, there's no like sales like. I mean, there might be. Actually, there's a lot of business studies. People who are crazy. Yeah, but business is different. Right. Business is very different. It's like running a business is not the same as recruitment or sales. Well, with recruitment, it's fun. I feel, but very often I wonder about some jobs and like nobody is a child and thinks, oh, I want to become a recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite funny. But I want to make money and that makes sense. And also with work, it's very interesting because uh, jobs... I always differentiate between jobs you do to fund your life or jobs you do because that is your life. And mm. I feel like both is valid. And with my creative job, it's like I feel like I live I work in an industry that really sucks when it comes to work conditions and like financial. It doesn't make any sense. I studied for five years, I've got my master's and stuff, and I, I'm I'm paid nothing in comparison to people who studied something else. For three years, did their bachelor's, and then the entry salary is so much yeah, higher. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to work in the creative industries. No. Um, but, and that's what I found for myself. I don't think that there's anything else that would make me feel okay with working. Yes. Like, for yeah. me, it doesn't make sense to spend my time on anything else. Doing this podcast with you, or and also developing TV shows and the things I do in my day job, mm. it makes sense to me. And it's something I, and it, it feels okay for me to spend my days doing this because it's like something I am willing to dedicate my life to. And for me doing a job, like now let's get back to that supermarket. And because my father, that's because of my family, I've just seen that working in um, 
the food retail and i'm like yeah that makes more money but it's like <laughs> i cannot i cannot it i couldn't live with that mm -hmm. it, it would it would be it w i would be so unhappy because it's not something i want to dedicate my life to and for me there's no other way like i needed to i needed to explore entrepreneurship and that kind of freedom and there's just some things that really make me anxious in in the job that i have right now it's like i have 30 vacation days per year right and just the idea of having permitted vacation days like it, i feel so trapped and it feels so david i wish i had 30 vacation days <laughs> well you can have to switch to i have a more socialist 20 country. 20, 20 um and then because i joined in the middle of the year i had like 10 right uh and then i've already used like six or, or more actually somehow i don't know how but i've used yeah, most of them i only have two days left uh, and for me, and in Germany, really, so... when it comes to the laws, are really nice to employ. I, I think in France, it's even better from the employee yeah. side, obviously. But in in Germany, it's fine because I got thirty vacation days, and I started in March. <laughs> because you get the thirty vacation days for the entire year if you work there for uh. more than six months in that year. So by law, you get the uh. full year. But now that I quit, uh, it kind of obviously. But I wouldn't need my thirty vacation days. I'm, but it's not you even know, about the number of vacation days. It's just yeah. about the fact that I need, I, I'm not free in that, that sense. That stresses, that stresses me out a lot as well. Yeah. That stresses me out. Like thinking, you know, I want to go this place, but I can't, I literally cannot <laughs> because I have a job. That is, and I, I, maybe that sounds very entitled and I'm sure like to yeah. a lot of people hearing this, they'll be like, well, that's just how work is. Yeah, yeah it is how work is, but it's so it's so trapping like even when you're at university you can sort of you could especially during covid you could do a lot of your courses remote um right that's and, then, and 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 yeah but then there's a whole like okay so do a remote job yeah. everyone i've talked to who has a job who, who that is remote hates it they hate it really yeah for me a lot changed to... when my job changed to non-remote because then mm. I started really not enjoying it because I felt more <laughs> trapped. Because for me, I got yeah. all the social anxiety of, of living, yeah. of being in an office. <laughs> no, no, that, okay, yeah, no, I, I, I do have like one or two friends who mm. actually prefer remote, but m I think most people I've talked to prefer hybrids. Like they want to be able to yeah. have the option to work from home when they want, but also go into the office and get the benefits of working in the office. You have one more friend who likes. Working from home. Yeah, well, now I have friends. two friends who like who who prefer the remote working. Yeah, but uh, I I understand many people love the office. I also noticed among my colleagues, people really enjoy it and are like, "Why do you work from home so much?" And I mean, now that I'm only allowed to work two extroverted days per week, speaking to introverts, yes. <laughs> why <laughs> do you work understand. from home so much? <laughs> it's so much fun. It's not fun at the office. I, I hate it because and that's I think people don't understand. I feel so much pressure because I feel watched. Mm. So I'm not. I don't dare to pick it's up very, my phone uh, like i don't want to be seen doing something yeah i feel watched and i know that people don't judge me at all times but i feel judged at all times that's with mm. the food like take i cannot take a lunch break i like i i am really bad at taking lunch breaks when really? i'm in the office because in the office people are like i don't have the confidence to just decide no i'm not gonna work for one hour <laughs> i just don't <laughs> have that confidence <laughs> 
But you're entitled to an hour yeah, lunch break. But like being that's... Entitled, that's the same with those vacation days. Like I don't dare to take them. It's 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 horrible. That's this whole situation. I feel like as a my personality type is not made mm. for that kind of working conditions because yeah. I feel so much pressure that is so unnecessary. So I get burnt out not from work, but just from the situation. It's so weird. Because I that's I had to quit my job luckily and that's the good thing about the job i had they allowed me from the beginning to build my side hustle like i mm. had a written permission that i can work as a creative director on the side which was great and so i did and mm. um i found that now for example it's sunday um, i'm not saying which sunday because we never know when this is going to be published but it's a sunday in the year of a year yeah. <laughs> it's a sunday <laughs> it's a sunday in a month in a year like you know mm -hmm. and i know that tomorrow i have to go to work and i cannot edit this and i feel like i would mm. much rather do this work because i believe mm. in all the projects i do and i have so many projects and i have bigger projects that i do with other people and i, I feel very confident about them and i have this confidence about me that i know that i am capable and blah 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 And yet, the, the the working is something that stresses me out. Working in this nine to six job stresses me out, and it's a lot because I overthink everything I do. And the moment I feel like I'm, be like someone is my I'm under an authority. I feel like I mm. owe them, and I owe them. Mm -hmm. I never owe them that much. I owe them mm -hmm. so much I can't even quit the job, and that's where I know it's a problem. Mm. It's very bad. Right. But no, I it's not, and it's not. And and you know what? I think a lot of it, and I think that's too much to get into right now. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is um, we have two minutes brainwashing by capitalism, you think? <laughs> <laughs> which is a great topic for another time. Um, and like, yeah, your productivity, especially working under somebody else. Right, you're not even producing for yourself. But we're not going to get into. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that another time. No, yeah, um, well, capitalism. I understand, and I obviously. That is an issue, but for me, with authorities, it's always, it's not even, it's just even the cooler person in the room. When there's a person that's just, I feel like, deserves more respect than I do. And I don't think anyone deserves more respect. Like, that doesn't make sense. Why would someone reserve more respect than the other person? Mm. But I always have this issue that I cannot call someone because I'm like, No, I have so much respect for the authority and for them that I feel like I cannot do this. And sometimes I just want to be invisible. And this invisibility makes my mom tell me that, David, you're a, you're a lion that thinks, who thinks they're a cat. And I think, oftentimes I think about that and I think, yeah, that's exactly how it's, I feel. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> no, it's really funny. It's, it's so funny because it, I feel like really in that respect, we're like two total opposites because I think I'm a cat who thinks they're a a lion and that i i, I and well i know but i but i think i have a lot of like i'm i think i have a lot of things that are that go against me like okay i think from the very fact that just my age i'm quite young still okay um like quite inexperienced right um also being a woman does not help yes. like i i am taken less seriously mm. um i and i can see this like i can see this at work but you know um hands yet you have the confidence. i still yeah but i have the but i need to have the confidence to make up okay. for that and i've always i feel like i've always even as a young kid i was always like 
essentially like i i don't care who you are which doesn't mean i will treat you like obviously i will treat someone with respect like let's say i'm talking and everybody i treat everybody with respect all right like, i don't think i think you know you should be treating everybody in respect no matter who they are what their position in life yeah. is just full stop but um i will also just sort of have an in- insane amount of ego <laughs> that will just allow me to just say things other people wouldn't say um because i don't really care about the outcome that much i'm not and i think it's about right. detaching yourself from outcome because when you become really attached to outcome you become suddenly you're like really careful you're like become really nervous like i really need to to get x or y at the end of this phone conversation yeah well uh how about you just have a phone conversation with that goal in mind but have the phone conversation naturally and then if it happens it happens and you know you can do you can ask for it and you can you can still put yourself out there um but sort of having being like i absolutely really need this uh and then being very nervous on the phone and then not having the confidence to ask for it it's just a recipe for disaster you know because the more you want something yeah. right the more nervous you get and then the more the other person isn't going to take you seriously because no one's going to take someone like the more authority authoritative and direct you're on the phone the more likely they are to like right do whatever it is you if want you are not confident yes. about the things you do Why would yes. anyone else believe exactly, in you? Then? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And 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 that comes from like not being stressed out about like the call because right. Like I remember just very quickly. I know we're like reaching the end of this, but I yeah. I I had to call a candidate that I I headhunted this guy, and I thought mm-hmm. he's perfect for this job I have. Well, obviously he's you know you never know in advance because you have to talk to them. But before the call, I was really nervous, and I don't really get nervous anymore before calls. But before this call, I was very nervous. I was like I had to like do my breathing like. Okay, deep breaths, okay. you know. And then we called and he was so nice. He was German okay. by the way. So I think like ah, that's yes. probably like yeah, yeah. He was so nice and we had such a good We're conversation. Nice and you know what? It. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't right for the job, which was totally fine. But then okay. when he said that to me, even though I came into this conversation thinking I really want this guy for the job. Yeah. When it became very apparent that he wasn't a right fit, I didn't try and push it. I didn't I was just like yeah no that's fine you know and just went with the flow and then I ended up getting some good sort of like recommendations for places I should look for somebody else so I did get something out of the call um it went really well and I and I was as direct as possible and I was as as I could be even though I was nervous but um yeah I feel like that's an example of of when you need to can't be attached to outcomes Because when if, I met if you, during Louis, the call, I had realized. Yeah. Yeah. When I met you, um, that's no, I, I, you were so confident that I always told you that I need you as my manager. Like oh, I yes. need you to pick <laughs> up the phone for me. I need you to approach people for me because I I know that I have the qualities to do the things I set out to do, but it takes me way too much time and energy to actually now e- just mm. emailing people to invite them to my podcast. I have other comedy projects and stuff. Just this takes so much more energy when you don't mm-hmm. have the confidence to really sell it. And so that's well, something I me, always appreciate about co- you. You need me as your coach, yeah. Yes, coach. <laughs> and that's why we have this podcast now. It's awesome. Yeah. We get to create and you get to coach me and I don't even pay you. <laughs> yeah. Well, about that, David. <laughs> <laughs> if you just release them, if you just yeah. release the episodes. <laughs> okay, now, before our next recording, the first episode will be released. 
Great. This is a deadline I set for myself. This but, could also yeah. mean that we will never have a recording again. No. no I <laughs> love this project and I think it's an awesome podcast and I hope the listeners also... I, I hope you guys get an value out of this and that you, you I hope find... you don't find us annoying <laughs> <laughs> I hope you find some kind of um, calm for you like it comes down your anxiety to to know that other people struggle as well and overthink and that we all yeah. go through life with this, these We're issues all, and that's yes. the big the big topic of this podcast that this is the overthinker sanctuary yes this the is where we can sanctuary. all we can all come together and yeah suffer together and yep. uh, appreciate the fact that we are all just thinking about things that are probably nothing bum, bum, bum. hey what a great way to end it <laughs> all right so uh thanks for tuning in thank you louise thank you everybody for listening i really appreciate it and um next soon we can actually talk about networking or something so then we will get back to the whole topic of the work because louise is really good at networking so just to get your hopes up somewhat some somewhat awesome you'll get some <laughs> awesome advice and i will get some awesome advice how to approach people at networking events yes, i've seen luis do it and collect some phone numbers of cool los angeles folk so. people yeah 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 <laughs> that was awesome i did not see her make a career out of it but let's discuss this another time <laughs> that's uh part that's part two i'm gonna the part one <laughs> i'm then for the second part like the creative project you know call me we will get we will figure something out you you're the good at the creative part i'm good at the like networking part that's why we are a perfect team actually you yes. are a very creative person anyway let's stop with thank now. you all right see you okay. next time bye bye